All right, welcome to the Jags Den Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host for today, James Johnson, managing editor of the Jaguars Wire. That's jaguarswire.usatoday.com. And as always, we are glad that you all could join us for another uh, exciting episode. And, and, you know, we can actually talk about a win this time around, even though me and Phil did do the postgame podcast. Uh, we still could talk about uh, the Jags win against the Baltimore Ravens, which Jacob DeLawrence, who was joining us today, just got back from London, uh, attended. So, uh, Jacob, what's up, man? And, and how was the trip, man? I know you're a Ravens fan as well, but still, you kind of got the, the best of both worlds and you got to do some sightseeing, man. How was that? I mean, it was a great time over there. You know, I spent, uh, see, I left last Wednesday, got in at like 10 o'clock Thursday morning. So I spent like five, six days over there, however you want to count it. Great time. And uh, yeah, I was coming out with a W either way Sunday. <laughs> I stepped up with a few friends talking that noise that know that I'm a diehard Ravens fan. And I was just like, all right, you know what? You're just not getting anything back. I'm not bringing you a gift back. Yeah, yeah, appreciate the flags that you got me and uh, Phil, by the way. That'll go in um, my man cave uh, when I get that popping some way or another. So um, uh, that being said, uh, you all know where to find us at and get tuned in with us via social media. Uh, that's at Jags Den Podcast at The Jaguars Wire. And you all can follow me personally at Sports Grind underscore Don. And Jacob is at underscore J Della. So. Uh, you also can tune in to us at uh, on iTunes, should I say, on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and tune in. And I'm going to try and get us on iHeartRadio sooner than later. So stay tuned for the links to that. And lastly, our official page now is via Audio Boom, in which basically USA Today Sports Media Group added us to the USA Today Podcast Network. And simply, you can go to audioboom.com. Uh, search for USA Today Sports and you can find us within I think it's eight to ten podcasts and uh, I think seven of them are like football related so you can find us under uh, the Jags Den under that handle so that being said I want to introduce our guest for today our first ever guest I didn't even tell him this at the beginning of the podcast but wow he is our first ever <laughs> guest I forgot to mention that <laughs> good job that I'm doing here right but uh <laughs> Charles McDonald everybody uh as we all know that's um or at least the people that follow me because I retweet them at times and whatnot. Uh, it's draft addict, uh, Falcons fan, just like myself, as, as you all know, I'm a Falcons fan secondarily. Uh, and also writes for the Falcoholic, which is SB Nation's uh, Falcon site. So, oh, yeah. Who can forget the setting the edge podcast that he does as well? So, uh, Charles, welcome to the show. And how are you doing, man? I'm doing good. I feel honored to, to be y'all's uh, your first guest ever. It's uh, it's quite an honor. Yeah, man, no problem, man. It it just so happened that way. I was on Twitter, and um, like I saw one of your breakdowns or one of your gifts that you had broke down of um, I think it might have been Devontae Freeman or whatever. And I was like, you know what, Charles would make the perfect first guest. So that's when I reached out to you last week, and, <laughs> and the rest is history. So um. What we're going to be doing today is, uh, since Charles does uh, follow the draft heavily and uh, breaks down NFL film, film heavily, uh, we're going to be talking some NFL Jags, uh, talking about his thoughts on the Jags. He does follow the Jags heavily. He's a fan of Leonard Fournette from what I've seen on his Twitter handle. And we're also going to talk some Falcons as well, you know, throw some 
uh, bonus content in there. Me and Jacob got a series of questions we want to ask him. And um, I guess I'll start it off um, and ask you, what were your thoughts on the Jags, Charles, when they took Fournette number four overall? And also, did you uh, what did you think of him as a prospect coming into the draft? Because me, me and Jacob and um, our other co-host uh phil smith who couldn't join us today but shout outs to phil we weren't so high on taking a running back that high in the draft uh but we we were uh, alert on his talent and we were aware of how good he was and it's starting to show and uh you know tom coughlin is kind of just proving us wrong but uh what did you think about him in general when they took him well i was i was a huge leonard fournette fan coming out of college like that that was one of my, like one of my guys uh, this past season, and like you said, like I, I I love the talent. I wasn't crazy about taking a running back at four, especially after the year that uh, that Blake Bortles had just had. I thought maybe oh, yeah. you, you take a quarterback like I don't know Mahomes or uh, if Trubisky had been there or Deshaun Watson. Uh, and I I, I kind of thought like with the fit there, it was going to be a lot like what you saw at. Uh, when LSU had those games against Alabama where, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's it's obvious that Leonard Fournette's like this otherworldly talent. But when you put eight or nine guys in the box because they don't respect the passing game at all, right. uh, that can make things a little bit hard on him. But I think what you're seeing so far is that he's he's talented enough to overcome that to a degree, at least where, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe his his yards per carry is isn't great, but I think if you watch the games, that can be a little bit misleading because a lot of times he's making guys miss uh, in the backfield. He, he Sometimes he has to struggle a lot just to get uh, one or, or two yards on a play when he's not running behind Cam Robinson. Uh, right. <laughs> but, yeah, he, I, I, I think he's an absolutely tremendous talent. And uh, it, it's clear that uh, even though quarterback may or may not have been figured out for this year, that – they do have the pieces in place almost everywhere else on that offense and really on that team to to kind of seamlessly transition whoever they choose next year in the draft. Yeah, I, I agree. And he you're right. He is one of those players that he's made yardage out of, you know, situations where normal running backs uh, a la Chris Ivory couldn't. And, and T.J. Yeldon as well. And it, it's plays where we saw Yeldon and Ivory falter in and, and struggle with last year uh, in getting yards or anything at all that Leonard Fournette is turning into four-yard gains. And you can also tell he, he's wearing on defenses as well. And uh, he, he's just a, a breath of fresh air to the um, offense in general. So, yeah, hopefully, like you said, we can get the quarterback situation um, fixed. And I think we could use some better play at guard. Um, but I mean, they're getting by with Omame and AJ can for the moment. We'll see how long they can do so. And, uh, that being said, I'm going to, uh, pass the next question off to my man, Jacob. And while we're on the subject of spotty offensive lineman to play, and you may mention of him just a few moments ago, uh, what are your thoughts exactly on Cam Robinson and how he's looked to you so far, uh, just a rough three weeks into the season? Well, he's been. I, I, I like I, I liked Cam Robinson too. I had a. He was one of my top fifteen players in the draft. Actually, uh, like of the fifty or sixty guys I ended up watching last year. Uh, and the thing with Cam Robinson that was always weird was he he kind of got that knock for being, uh, you know, one of those Alabama guys where people are for some reason down on Alabama players coming to the draft. But 
when you when you look at how many players that Alabama puts into the draft, it's kind of dumb to just harp on the negatives because I, I think when you look at how many guys they put in, it, the the hits and the the misses tend to average out against each other. So I, I was I was just like, hey, this is a guy who started three years at left tackle Alabama. Every year he got better. Uh, he played through injuries. He shut down Miles Garrett. Like I, I don't get why we're not talking about this guy as a as a first round guy more often than we are. So I, I, I thought. Uh, when they drafted him, I, I, I really I did like the fit and it made a lot of sense coming from an organizational standpoint, like what they're trying to build. You know, you go out and sign Kalias Campbell. You already have Malik Jackson in there, Abri Jones, and then you add Leonard Fournette and then you get Cam Robinson. So you're trying to build like that smash mouth mentality that uh, Tom Coffin had for some of his teams in uh, New York. If you if, like, if you think back with uh Guys like David Deal on the offensive line with Brandon Jake in front of behind them, like that's yep. the kind of offense that that they were gunning for. Uh, mm-hmm. At least that's that's what I think. So it really made a lot of sense, and I thought when you had Brandon Albert there for for uh, for however long he was there, <laughs> I, I, I liked uh, I, I liked that fit where maybe he would play guard to start out, and then when <laughs> Albert moved on, right. uh, he would kick out the tackle. But obviously, we you know Albert moved on a little bit quicker than the Jaguars were. We're planning on him uh, to move on. But I, I think Cam Robinson, he's been great at left tackle so far. He had that bad strip sack against, uh, I think it was Brian Arakpo week two. But but since then, he, I mean, besides that, he's pretty much been lights out. And, like, from week one when he uh, stepped on the field and dominated Clowney in the run game, I, I think that that's the type of talent that you're going to see from that guy from moving forward. Definitely, definitely. Uh, wow, we're still on this subject of the draft. Uh, is there anybody else that we took in the draft that stands out to you? Maybe a uh, D.D. Westbrook or? Yeah, I was excited for D.D. Westbrook, but uh, he's on he's on the IR, right? Right. Yeah, they put yep, him on IR currently. one week after the preseason. Okay. Yeah. So maybe he's a guy that comes back later in the season. But uh, outside of those first two picks, I didn't have too much thoughts on the other guys. Right, right. Yeah, DeJuan Smoot was one that I was interested on hearing you talk about because a lot of people didn't really know that much of him. I think, like, aside from myself, like, I was one of the only ones that really talked on him on on the Jags wire. Um, Do you have any thoughts on him personally out of curiosity? Well, uh, the year before he got drafted, I kind of liked him as uh, a sleeper for for the first round of the draft, but then – you know, a couple games into his senior season, I just realized he, he wasn't as good as I thought he was, and I, I kind of stopped paying attention to him. So I, I didn't really see – I didn't see too much of of his uh, of his last season there. Got you, got you. Um, you, I mean, and like when you study film like you do, you know, you can't pay attention to them all, especially the ones that aren't good, as you said. I mean, I could relate back when – I guess you could call it back when draft Twitter first got started. I was I was one of those guys – being a film junkie and and then I, I got into to got on with USA Today and I kind of can't watch film as much as I used to so it's kind of fun to hear your take on that kind of stuff and follow people like along the lines of yourself so um that being said uh the next question is uh do you notice uh notice and you you did talk on this a little bit but um is there a difference that you notice uh with Marone's presence as opposed to Bradley's because I mean point blank period the Jags suck on the Bradley <laughs> and <laughs> and it looks like things are changing, though. I mean, we don't really have a lot to go off of right now, but the two games that uh, Marone was the head coach in last year, the Jaguars looked like a serviceable team. 
granted now that was the last two games of the season so you can kind of take that in stride or whatever but um what do you think about the difference in what what Marone's team has looked like and the difference in uh Bradley's team well I, I think that uh, especially on defense, they just look more organized this year, uh, mm-hmm. and I think some of that has to do with the the talent that they've they've brought in. I mean, I, I think Barry Church has been phenomenal as a safety, but he's been Me a too. huge upgrade over uh, over Jonathan Cibrian, who went over to the Titans uh, this past off season. But like, I, I think when you look at the at what at what uh, Marone has emphasized on defense, especially and what Bradley emphasized on defense was. Maroon, he's trying to get like the fastest guys that he can out there. So you get guys like AJ Bowie, uh, obviously Jalen Ramsey, yeah, Barry Church, and then. But I, I think that moving Miles Jack over to a spot where he can get a lot more playing time has been huge for the Jags. And then Talvin uh, Talvin Smith has been spectacular too, once again. So you you look at the speed that they have in the back seven, and those. That that's kind of what those uh, you know Seattle Atlanta type defenses that right. that that the root of those teams come from, it, it's all based on, on team, on team speed on defense. And that was something that you really saw lack under Gus Bradley is something that they've really gotten figured out really quickly under Doug Marone and Tom Coughlin. So I, I think the organization that you see with the Jags, the emphasis on speed, the emphasis on, you know, doing what we do well. Uh, so last year on offense, I mean, they didn't really do anything well, but this year, you, you kind of have an identity where you can say, yeah, maybe Bortles is struggling, but we can hand it off to Leonard Fournette a few times uh, and, and get some easy yards that way. Maybe we can open up the read option with Blake Bortles and get some yards that way. I, I think they're being a lot more creative on offense in the way that they try to move the ball because I I, I, I think like there's no hiding it. Blake Bortles is not a great passer, so you have to manufacture other ways to get yards. And I, I like what they've done throughout the first three games of the season to do that. Right, right. And um, one more thing, and shoot it to us straight, Charles, man. I mean, we, we could take it because, it, I mean, we call it like it is on here, too. So and, and some people don't like it, but hey, it is what it is. But um, do, what do you think about the Jags possibly winning the AFC South? And what, what do you think of that division as a whole? Uh, Well, I, you know, I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right we're going to get an honest answer right there, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Well, they, they don't have, I, I don't think they're, they're as good as the Titans yet. Like mm-hmm. if, if they had signed, Oh, I don't know. Uh, a Colin Kaepernick, you could have talked me into them being <laughs> in AFC South because see, that's what happened with their, with their whole off season. I know like we, t- we talked about Leonard Fournette being uh he's better than I thought he was going to be under these circumstances, even though I always thought he was a tremendous talent at running back. But I, the way that they were building that, that team was, you know, you go out and you spent like two off seasons in a row, you go heavy on defensive line. So you, you sign uh, Malik Jackson, Kalis Campbell, back to back off seasons. Mm -hmm. Uh, You go heavy on secondary back to back off seasons. You go Jalen Ramsey, fifth overall, Big contract to AJ Bowie, big contract to Sean to Sean Gibson, big contract to uh, Barry Church. So you know when you look at championship teams, okay, defensive line rebuilt, uh, secondary rebuilt. So what what what's missing here? Uh, 
the quarterback position. Duh. So I was waiting. I'm like, oh my God, like if they're going to take a quarterback of four, like I think they're going to take Deshaun Watson. You heard all those rumors right. uh, leading up to the draft, and then they end up taking Fournette. So I, I think I, I think Mariota is still significantly better than Bortles. I like the offensive line a lot more um, than, than the Jaguars. I think the Jaguars have a much better defense than the Titans, but once you get down to we need we need we need to score points on this drive to win the next game. I, I think that's where the Titans kind of have the edge. And we, we saw this past Sunday that the Titans, they're a team that can bully an elite defense. Like they bullied the Seahawks. They scored thirty-three points on the Seahawks, which is something that I'm not sure a lot of people saw anyone doing to that defense this year. So right. uh, until until you get that you know, that dude. And you know what I mean when I say that dude, that quarterback. Yeah. yeah. Uh I, I still think the Titans are the class of that division. Right, right. And you mentioned that so, so, uh, me- the uh, Jags went big in a couple positions, especially on the defensive line. One area you didn't mention that they went big in free agency was at tight end with Julius Thomas because that guy, <laughs> that guy got off on us. Dude, man, I, I, mean, I, I hate thinking about it, man. <laughs> I hate thinking about it. That really I, was a wash of a trade now that I stop and think about it. It was. It is he? How is he doing? I mean, we're getting off topic here, but how is he doing in Miami? I, I've lost track of him. Uh, let me see uh, real quick. I got my. Yes, I think he has. He has six catches for forty-two yards. So. Yeah, that sounds like out. Julius here, pretty much. <laughs> Classic. How much has he played? Is the better question. That's a now. Good that's question. a good question. I don't know. Because you know the saying: once he comes on the field, they're passing. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely for sure. Even though he looked like he he in there to block, I mean, well, you know what? I ain't gonna even go there. I ain't gonna, <laughs> I ain't gonna even do that. No, but I I can respect the human element of of getting your cash and then maybe maybe the effort slacks a little bit. Yeah. Oh no. I mean, look, the Jaguars call you, and they say you they say to you that they have what was it they gave Julius like forty six million yeah, or something. something? Yeah. yeah they, something. You, I mean, you hopping on shot, con Air Force One jet, and you coming in there full speed. I mean, can't blame them. And uh, what? We, I'm walking off the plane just tossing money. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> walking off the plane like Tupac uh, did when he when he went to death row, man. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, go ahead, Jacob, with the next question, man. My bad. Oh, where are we at here? Between making fun of Thomas, like we always seem to somehow do. <laughs> And the mention of Kaepernick, let's see. All right. Oh, here we are. Uh, Jalen Ramsey. You made mention of the improvement on the defense with Ramsey paired up with Boye. Many call it the best combo of corners in the league. Exactly where do you rank Jalen Ramsey as far as an individual corner, just him solo dolo, excluding Boye? Man, I mean, I think he's got to be at least top 10, right? I don't think any reasonable person can say he he's worse than that. Right. So th- th- I think you look at, I mean, just just at least th- throughout the first three weeks of the season, like guys who have played well. Uh, Ramsey, he, he's having an elite year. Uh, Chris Harris, Keeb Talib, Patrick Peterson, Desmond Trufant, uh, Richard Sherman. I mean, he he's like right up there with with the elite of the game and. Uh, yeah, I think you see re- re- reflecting his stats. I-, I saw a graphic today from Pro Football Focus um, where they they had charted his um, his some of his stats to the season, and he was just 
I mean, just balling. Uh, I, I saw that Sam Monson from P, from Pro Football Focus, he tweeted out that Jalen Ramsey hasn't allowed a catch longer than eight yards this season. When targeting Jalen Ramsey this season, quarterbacks have a pass rating of 9.8. You get a pass rating of, of 39.6 by throwing it at the floor. So he's having an elite season so far. <laughs> he, he, he's just he's smothering guys. And when you I mean, we, we didn't even talk about boy yet. And then when you throw boy in on the other side, like I think right now that's that might be the best CB duo in the game through three weeks of the season. Like they are, they are just smothering guys. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm with yeah. You. I mean, you can ask Mike Wallace personally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That Straight pick in that, bears. That Ramsey had. See, I, I thought, I don't, I almost thought Ramsey was going to drop that pick because he, I feel like he has stone hands sometimes where it, like too. it's right in his face. It's, it's right in his face. And it'll just, I mean, to be fair, Ramsey did spend a lot of his time at FSU playing everywhere in the secondary. So some of those habits of, well, let me just tip it or knock it down kind of translate when he's playing corner. You see, it's like, oh, he's thinking as a safety where he's like, okay, let me just tip it or bat it away because I know I got a corner underneath me. And it's like, nah, Jalen, we need you to pick that. And take that back to the house because Bortles ain't gonna score for us here. Okay, I, I found uh, I found the stats I was looking for. So uh, this is from Mike Renner at Pro Football Focus. Uh, Jalen, so far in three three games, Jalen Ramsey he's been thrown at fifteen times for five receptions for thirty four yards, which is and an interception, which is just ridiculous. That is that's absolutely ridiculous. poor DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, poor Nook, man. Like, I mean, he got a touchdown that game, but I mean, you, you was, know, you know, deep in his mind, he wanted more. Well, I, I think like it was more along the line. Yeah, yeah, it will say it was Ramsey' fault because when I look back at it, actually, I look back at this two days ago. Ramsey's indication, like after the play, shows that it was his fault, and he, you oh, can okay. even see Ramsey saying, like, "Hey, I let him cross my face." It's like what I, I caught from paraphrasing him or, or just reading his lips or whatever so yeah that probably was on him but I mean other than that man like he's been stellar as Charles and um you have said Jacob and I mean I, I just can't wait to like see how more he he develops going forward so um that being said oh actually Jacob do you have another question on the uh the pass rush right yeah how do you feel about the Jags I know you made mention of how the Jags have gone big and picked up Calais and so forth. How do you feel about that revamp pass rush? I like it. I I think like the interior presence a lot. Uh, it, like the interior presence that you get with Clyde Campbell sometimes when they kick him inside, and then Malik Jackson's obviously a, a force in the interior. I, I think that that's that's uh, I, I think that that's impressive for them. I, I, I like Yannick Ngakwe, but I think moving forward, you still would like to see them get one more outside edge rusher that can really bring the heat because like, you have the interior lockdown. And then Kalias Campbell, when he wants to, he's he can rush from the edge. But, you know, being 6'8", 285 pounds, 290 pounds, that's not really going to be his bread and butter. You know, that's more of like a, a size for an inside pass rusher, like a three technique. Um, so I think I think moving forward, you kind of want to find someone to pair Yannick and Gakwe, but for the now, it, it's fine. And obviously, they, they've been able to generate more than enough heat on the quarterback through three games. Yeah, yeah. makes sense. We forced the Deshaun Watson era to start early. <laughs> yeah, thank you, because I was a huge fan of uh, of Watson coming out, and I couldn't bear to see Tom Savage just 
just <laughs> just sit there and be a milk dud quarterback for for as long as Bill O'Brien wanted him to be. Did you know Tom Tom Savage has never thrown a touchdown in the NFL? What? What? Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Rewind. He's Hold never on. wait. Let me I'm trying uh, to think about that actually. Uh, uh. That sound about right. When you think Zero. about it, it sounds about right. Nah, I you would, I would just think this. like for as many games as he started, you, you couldn't get one. Not like one little like shovel or nah, nothing. Bro. Nothing like that. The pass we just talked about to um to Hopkins was from from what? Uh, from, yeah, from Watson. Watson. So like, wh- when else has he scored? Think about it. Like literally, Jacob. I never thought about this until Charles just mentioned it. Think about when have you ever seen him throwing a touchdown in the highlights? Oh, actually, I'm trying to think. Whenever I see Savage throw a completed pass, now that you mention it, because <laughs> I mean, even even last year, uh, he had man, he played he played a lot last year because there was they were trying to get they're trying to figure out what happened with what was going on with Brock Osweiler. Right. So last year he had he had 73 attempts and zero touchdowns. Man, yeah, man. he had a decent passer rating though. But yeah, I'm looking at his career stats now. He's 63 for 105. Passer rating is basically 74. He's only thrown for 650 yards, which is basically one game for Drew Brees. <laughs> no touchdowns and one, one interception for his career. So, And and here we are having Jags fans talking about potentially one Tom Savage dude. Like, now that I know he's, that. He's trash. Yeah. <laughs> not that he doesn't I... turn the ball over, though. He doesn't turn the ball over. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> At least we're going to get garbage time TDs out of Blake, man. But. Yeah, yeah, because we're down by 20 because Blake threw three picks in the first quarter. So true. So, so true. <laughs> How many times have we witnessed that? Oh, my God. Um, but anyway, we're going to go on to the next question. And, um, you know, though, like I said, this is a Jazz podcast. And we mentioned this earlier before the podcast. Um, I'm a Falcons fan secondarily, uh, just as you are. And uh, I, I wanted to hear your take on the Falcons outlook this year just in general. And uh, do you think that, you know, they can make the Super Bowl again this year and probably crush our hopes again? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't want to get my hopes up too much, but just when you look at the the landscape of the NFC right now, I, I don't see why they couldn't make another run to right. the Super Bowl. Uh, I mean, right now they're the only undefeated team in the NFC. They beat the brakes off the Packers two weeks ago. Uh, yeah. I, 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 I don't I mean, they were up 34 to 10 going into the fourth quarter, and then they kind of let their foot off the gas a little bit. But uh, I, I think last week when you against the Lions, they they were really close to to busting the doors off that game. But then they had uh, they had two they had two interceptions that came off drop passes. One with Tevin Coleman, and then the other one, uh, Muhammad Sanu dropped the perfect pass on like the like the seven yard line got that got picked off. Uh, so, like, when you, if you take out the turnovers, they still outgain the Lions by over 100 yards. Mm-hmm. They had uh, a way better third down conversion percentage, but the the interceptions were just kind of backbreaker for them. So, like, I I, it, I can't believe I'm about to get invested in this team again. But <laughs> here we are uh, for three weeks into the season. They're three and zero. Looks like they could be five and zero heading into that rematch against the Patriots because they just have to play the Bills and the Dolphins before they go in their bye week. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm I'm back. I'm wrapped up in this team again. 
we talked about it. it too, man. Like how Georgia <laughs> teams wrap you in and just disappoint you, man. The countless times just, I've just, seen just, the Falcons just, just do stop. It. Just don't do it no more. Just, just go. Just go. Saying, just man. walk away. Don't come I back. Can't. And then I on can't. top of that, I got to turn around and watch the Jags. You know, like it. <laughs> life as a Jags fan and and watching the Falcons just just sucks in general. Uh, but um, real quick, uh, I'm gonna go off the script here, off our um outline here. I wanted to know your thoughts on Devontae Freeman because I've seen you break down a lot of cuts of Devontae Freeman, and I'm just gonna come out and say it right now: Devontae Freeman is my favorite running back in the league due to his ability to change directions and and just. You know, his ability as an athlete in general. Uh, I want to know what your take is on him um, being the Falcons, pretty much one of their best, their weapons in general. Uh, I love watching. I love watching Devonta Freeman. Like, you you know, when you watch, like you're watching the game from like the broadcast angle and you see, you, you see like from a bird's eye view where all the cuts are and you're like, oh man, like yes. if he just made that cut he made that cut then he could still be running with Devonta freeman like he's making those cuts that you can see from from the, the top from the bird's eye view i remember there's a play last week against the packers where he caught a swing pass and he was running towards the sideline he caught a swing pass to the right towards the sideline he catches the ball he starts running upfield then he all of a sudden he just cuts across field and he's running literally parallel to the line of scrimmage about five yards uh down the field and then all of a sudden, like you see a little bit of a crease open up up the field, and Ha Ha Clinton Dix is running the other way right towards him, and he just darts right up field for back another six or seven yards for the first down, and you just see this stuff like, oh my god, how does he see that stuff? And and it's 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 really funny because coming out of Florida State and even his rookie year, like you you I don't think a lot of people expected him to be this like an elite running back in the NFL, right. but but. Like he doesn't have the great measurables you you look at when you when you think about uh, some of these great running backs. He doesn't have the height. He doesn't really have the speed. But he's got a great feel for the game. He's got the durability. He's got the agility. And yeah, I, I think he's just a joy to watch. I'm 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 pumped that they got that extension done. Yeah, man. And I mean, I remember that exact play because. You know, me personally, not only was I kind of excited about, you know, the run itself, but I was kind of excited to see how high Clinton Dix get juiced, too, because, I mean, I'm I'm not the biggest Alabama fan either. So <laughs> that was kind of <laughs> neat to watch uh, as a Georgia fan. But, uh, yeah, man, I, I absolutely agree with you. Just in watching him on um, Game Pass and the different angles, it's, it's just fun. I've always been a fan of zone rock runners or those zone type runners. That, that make a lot of cuts and and to me they just make it for exciting football in general and I, I thought I would uh pretty much touch on him so um that being said that'll wrap it up for our questions unless Jacob has any more off the top of the dome mm. let's see all right so you said we can't win the division are we the second best team in our division yeah I, I think you're pretty clearly the second best team uh the Colts with, with I mean, I, I think the Colts are headed in the right direction, but they're still they just don't have the talent this year. And then the the Texans, you know, they I think I I think the Texans are one of those teams where they've been winning and making it to the playoffs every year, but I don't think that's indicative of how good they actually are. And I, I think the Jags and the Titans passed them this past offseason. Okay, yeah, I agree with you too. And it, now that you mentioned that, I, like I said, we're gonna get a little off topic here, but I think. 
in general, Dave Caldwell has drafted better than those guys. I mean, aside from making a mistake with Blake Bortles, I mean, obviously, and that's the biggest <laughs> mistake you can make. But when you, aside from that mistake and you look at what he's built before Tom Coughlin even got here compared to what the Colts did and compared to how the Texans have built and the tight, well, the, the Titans have been decent. In, in drafting, but when you look at what Dave Caldwell's built and the, all of the talent he's racked up, even in free agency as well, uh, you, you definitely could tell that Dave Caldwell has drafted better than those guys, in my opinion. The only thing has been, of course, coaching and, of course, the issue at quarterback. So, yeah, uh, cause, I mean, because when you look at what the Colts did, I don't think you can give Ryan Grigson any credit for taking Luck because that was oh, just God, like the no. duh, no-brainer pick. <laughs> right. Like, of course, like you got the number one pick, Andrew Luck's there, you're going to take him. So right. I don't give him any credit for making that pick. The rest of it has just been utter, complete trash outside of uh, the Ryan Kelly pick yep, from, from last year. So, yeah. And then the Texans, like, you know, they, they've had some nice drafts, but they've largely missed on offense outside of DeAndre Hopkins. And, you know, if, if Sunday's any uh, indication, it looks like maybe Deshaun Watson could, could grow into being the quarterback that they've been looking for for when did they come and become a franchise? 2002. So 15 years now. Uh, wow. Yeah. 15 years. Um, that made me feel old, man. <laughs> I know because I, I was just thinking like, man, I vividly remember David Carr just getting pummeled. Uh, <laughs> yeah, me too. And, and, and now, he wasn't now, now a watching. bad quarterback. He wasn't. But, uh, you know, I, I saw a stat earlier today that on Sunday night, uh, Derek Carr got sacked for the 77th time in his career. And it took his brother, David Carr. He got 76 sacks in his rookie season alone. So that, wow. that kind of shows you like the difference in supporting cast that they've had to start their own NFL careers. Hey, I mean, that's, you know, for in his brother's case, Derek. I mean, that's the kind of protection you get when you got big Coleccio Simley and Rodney Hudson in front of you. And I, I think it's is it Donald Penn on the blind side? Yeah, Donald Penn. And they just gave Gabe Jackson the big contract, too. So, yeah, that's one of the best offensive lines in the league. Absolutely. Yeah, whole line's like 350-plus. Yeah, 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 he's safe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ain't nothing getting through on him. Um so, yeah, that being said, Charles, man, we really appreciate you coming on, man, and being our first guest, man. This this was uh, very insightful, and uh, I, I think this one is uh, going to get a lot of hits in terms of the content, man. And um, if you would, man, before uh, we wrap up the show and I wrap up with Jacob and whatnot, um, just let people know where they can check out your latest uh, articles and your breakdowns and what have you, podcasts, and uh, any other, you know, any other pieces of journalism that you might be working on. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at uh, at Four Verts. So I I do work with the Falcoholic uh, from time to time when I have when I have time for it. I'm I'm mainly on uh, we have a show called Falcoholic Live that runs every Thursday, like at the start of the Thursday night game. So if you want something to put on in the background while you watch the games, and you know you're a Falcons fan or you're just want to interested to, interested to see what's going on in the Falcons world, uh, I would I would definitely say tune into that. I have. Uh, a film piece coming on Football Outsiders on Thursday. I'm going to be breaking down uh, Deshaun Watson's first start, or not first start, but first big game against the Patriots. Um, so definitely be on the lookout for that. And for sure, listen to Setting the Edge, follow it on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, The Works. It's a podcast I run my buddy, Justice Mosqueda, and we have a website, settingedge.com, where 
we post the podcast and then we have some other like film breakdown pieces or uh stat pieces uh like we we have a a series that's actually really cool that we call the update where we kind of rank teams through efficiency stats so if you look at the jaguars efficiency stats on defense they're one of the best in the league right now on offense uh well we haven't run the numbers for week three yet but going into week three they weren't they weren't uh, so hot there, but after that game, they'll probably be moved up a lot. So yeah. definitely check that stuff out. And uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, man, uh, I'm glad you mentioned that. Shout outs to Justice, man, aka the the former, as he put it in his bio, he used to have it in his bio, um, the Latin voice of draft breakdown when he was when he was working <laughs> with them, man. I tried to get him on back in the day when he had that in his bio, man. But we just kind of had conflict in schedules. But uh, we definitely want to have you back on, and probably you know Justice as well. You know, we could do a a two on two maybe or something in the future, man. I appreciate you coming on by the way. And, uh, Jacob on to you real quick. Uh, anything that you want to um, put out there that you got any projects working on or, um, anything with just Jezeray or what you got going on right now? It's just, uh, kind of just keeping things kind of low, just working on a bunch of projects, waiting for clearance to open my mouth about them. <laughs> Other than that, it's just the same old, same old. Right. And of course, I mean, you're going you're gonna to have some stuff up on the Jaguars wire as well when, um, you know, you get settled in. I know that trip was kind of, you know, it was a long one, man. And the jet lag from that thing, dude. Ugh. Oh, man. So um, glad you enjoyed yourself to some degree. You know, I mean, <laughs> I guess it was kind of hard to watch on <laughs> if you was, you know, watching it from the Ravens perspective. Uh, but in terms of me and what I got going on, I'm uh, not too much just going to be studying the Jets and um, doing articles on them on the Jaguars wire. Oh, man, I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> I know, man. <laughs> I've watched a little Ooh. bit of film on them, man. It's it's just oh, it's God. bad. <laughs> At the very least, Jamal Adams, that dude, he's real fun to watch. So yeah, you'll get some some love watching watching that guy. Right. And, and um, Curse, he's he's flashed a little bit. So. I mean, we'll we'll see. Like as I get uh, deeper into their their film breakdown, but uh, yeah, that's real just, quick. Yeah, before we ahead, end bro. this, can we can we name five players on the Jets that we didn't just name between the three of us? Is that, can we? Is that possible? Belial um, yeah, Powell. I, 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 I think I, I could I I could probably run through the whole roster right now in a disgusting display of football addict, but <laughs> <laughs> that I is mean, sad, and I'm sorry I know. for you. I know. <laughs> Yeah, the only one that comes to mind is Belial Powell. Oh yeah, McCown, um, or McGowan, whichever one it is. <laughs> and that, those are the only two that came to. Oh yeah, um, Petty, Petty Bryce Petty. Yeah, I interviewed him before, and um, Kelvin Beachum. Still right. Yeah, they got Hack Beachum. So that's five right there. Yeah, oh, there we go. <laughs> cool. And they're all quarterbacks that are incompetent. But hey, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, thanks for having me on, guys. As I was saying, um, pretty much, yeah, I'm gonna be writing jet stuff, and um, pretty much that's it. Um, we might do another podcast before the game if um, you know, we could get together, and uh, if our schedules don't conflict, maybe bring Phil into the equation. Uh, but as I said, check us out on iTunes. We'll be posting all of the links and info for that. iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn. Uh, and, of course, our official page, Audio Boom, which you can find us on the USA Today podcast network. And hopefully I'll be able to get us on iHeartRadio soon as well. So uh, that being said, we're going to close this thing, wrap it up. And uh, we appreciate 
everybody that listened. Um, feel free to subscribe on iTunes. Again, I can't stress that enough. And also share the heck out of the Jaguars wire via Twitter and uh, on other social media outlets. So that being said, you all be safe out there and have a good night. Texting enrolls you into reoccurring automated text messages. Message and data rates may apply. Come on, one more rep. You got this. Uh, Ten. There it is. Nice work, man. You're a beast. (sighs) Thanks, man. I feel better than I have in years. And I got to tell you, taking Nugenics makes a huge difference for me. Nugenics? That's the uh, testosterone booster with TV ads with Frank Thomas. The big hurt, right? Oh, yeah. This is a legit product. The key ingredient is testophen, which helps boost free testosterone levels and increase lean muscle mass. Well, it's clearly working for you. Hey, are they still giving out complimentary bodies? for people to try for themselves? Yeah, Nugenics is a great way to increase lean muscle and feel stronger with more energy and endurance. Man, I need to get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics. No problem. You just got to send them a text. Text BODY to 42424 right now for your complimentary bottle of Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC. Nugenics samples are not available in stores, so text BODY to 42424 right now. Text BODY to 42424. That's BODY to 42424. Four.